0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's an old adage that BYU has gotten used to doing more with less, and it actually applies in a very good circumstance as BYU enters the Big 12 Conference. Allow me to explain on National Slurpee Day. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. Thank you for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Thank you to all of you, by the way, who are also everydayers with us here on the Locked On Podcast Network. We are your original daily podcast focused on all things BYU athletics and available wherever you get your podcasts and also available on YouTube. All right, diving right in on today's show, let's talk a little bit about BYU recruiting. Now, we've talked a lot about this over the past month or so, but we're at a very interesting piece from Vegas Sports Insider. I believe that's what it is. It's the VSIN network. I think it's Vegas Sports Insider Network, something like that, where they do a lot of gambling uh, talk, is and it's actually a network that does uh, gambling talk all, around the clock when it comes to the radio side of things. I was reading a fantastic piece. I saw it over the weekend and had a chance to finally digest more of it on Monday about uh, college football recruiting and rankings, how they predict success or how they can predict future success for college football programs. It was written by Steve Makinen, uh from vsin.com, and the interesting part about this is your. You're probably wondering, okay, how does this relate to BYU, Jake? Well, it relates because BYU is one of the programs, one of the top 20 programs in his metrics that he obviously goes by the 24-7 sports uh, composite ratings for each recruiting class over the past four years. So in essence, he's looking at BYU from 2020, 2021, 2022, and 2023 using those recruiting rankings and obviously predicting ahead. But he says among the schools that he does, do uh, their on-field performance consistently excuse me exceeds its recruiting rating. BYU is on this list and actually ranked fairly high. Now, he mentions that Army, Air Force, and Navy— are among the top five and they usually are in that rank because obviously being service academies, they don't necessarily get top rated recruits every so often. They might get one or two, but by and large, they don't get that. So they're making do with less and obviously when they have successful seasons like Navy, uh, Air Force, and Army have had in the recent past, obviously they're going to benefit from that. Appalachian State is the highest ranked non-service academy coming in at number three, but then BYU checks in at number seven as the first Power Five program on the list. Now, a lot of this obviously is taken from BYU's era when they were in Independence, obviously, and the recruiting class is reflected as such. How much will the Big 12 recruiting bump in theory help BYU? That was something that Steve tried to uh, to try to uh, predict for BYU, which we'll get to in a minute. But I was also interested to see that BYU is joined by all three of their uh, fellow, excuse me, two of their fellow newcomers to the Big 12 in both Cincinnati and UCF on this list. Cincinnati checking in at number 16 as well as UCF at number 17 inside that top 20. Funny enough, Utah State, one of BYU's rivals, uh, it checks in number 15 on this list, so some good company for BYU to be in, but for BYU to be inside the top 10 and be the highest-ranked Big 12 program, as I said in the open, BYU is doing more with less. Now, the thought is, can BYU do more with more? That's a great question. Well, uh, that's um that he predicted here, and he talked about this. He says, 22 teams whose recruiting rankings are trending in a positive direction and he includes BYU on this list. And what he has to say of the Cougars, he says this. Uh, if I Actually, i got to find it one more time. I apologize. Guys, it's one of the things. Oh, there we go. Found it. I, let's see here. BYU. Nope. It's not there. Okay. Well, nonetheless, uh, essentially what he was saying is that BYU is going to benefit from a recruiting bump when it comes to their recruiting uh, profile going into the Big 12. There you go. The step up to the Big 12 conference, here you go, has an, has had a good impact on BYU's recruiting rankings recently, and the 51st ranked class of 2023 is the highest ranking for the program since 2016. However, it's not quite Big 12 caliber yet and needs to keep trending upward for this team to compete for conference titles. I see nothing that's out of bounds from Steve in that statement statement. statement because it's absolutely true. BYU needs to be recruiting inside the top 40 on an annual basis if they really want to become a quote-unquote power player in the Big 12. Is that possible? Can BYU consistently recruit at that level? We're all about to find out because they've never had the opportunity to really go out and quote-unquote stretch their wings and really see what they're capable of in the recruiting realm. BYU will always traditionally pull guys that would traditionally maybe not consider a program the caliber of BYU simply due to the affiliation they have with the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I can point you directly to Reiner Swanson in this current 2024 class. He had Texas, he had Oregon, he had these big-name programs who were dying to garner his signature, but as he told multiple outlets, BYU was the dream school from the time he was a, he was a young child. His mom had put it in his head, and it's just BYU is where he wanted to be. This is a four-star talent at Tied End. Now, high three-star, depending on which recruiting service you look at, but for the purposes of this discussion, we'll use the four-star status that he has. I believe from on three, if I'm not mistaken, has him as a four-star prospect. It might be 24-7 sports, but regardless, four-star talent that's picking BYU because of that. Can BYU continue to garner those guys? Absolutely. That's absolutely going to be something that BYU can benefit from. Can they go out and get more guys simply due to the fact that BYU now has Power 5 affiliation? I believe that they can, and they will have to go out there and prove that, but I believe they are capable of doing just that. I think you look at a number of the guys, they're in this upcoming recruiting class for BYU, and uh, I think that by and large, most of them in a certain circumstance would probably pick BYU. But other guys, like I said, Reiner Swanson in – reality, he, in many respects, if it wasn't the affiliation with the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and his mom having attended that school, how much of a poll does BYU really have? And that's, that's going to be a big question mark, is if BYU can answer that question and prove it annually out there on the recruiting trail. I, I look at BYU's opportunity here, and I see no downside to BYU continuing to press and obviously try to do their best to go out and find the best talent they possibly can, because obviously, doing more with more is beneficial to your football program, it's beneficial Beneficial to your future success on the gridiron, and obviously the lifeblood of any college football program is recruiting. Now, will BYU always deal with their recruiting restrictions? Yes. There is the honor code that is going to turn certain guys off to what BYU is all about. Now, I think the transfer portal will bring some of those guys maybe back around a second time after they go and experience college life elsewhere and say, you know what? Maybe that's not necessarily the environment that's conducive to what I'm looking for, and maybe if BYU comes back around to recruiting them, they may ultimately say, you know what? I want to get. BYU a try. There have been a number of guys who have had that story play out for them in their career. Now, currently, according to a 24-7 Sports, BYU's overall rank in the 2024 class is 73rd, so it has slipped down from the 51st in that 2023 class. You want to see that uh, rise above that 51st if at all possible. But you look at the guys on this list. You got C.O. Sefa Brown, Dylan Johnson, Enoch Watson, Carson Suessue, Adney Reed, Jet Nelson, and Thomas Prassis. Now, Uh, Rynder Swanson is a high-level three-star, close to being a four-star per uh, 24-7 sports. All the other prospects on this list are mid-tier three-star talents. BYU needs to start bringing in some uh, higher-rated recruits in this recruiting class if they want to see that ranking rise. Will that happen? Well, we'll have to kind of wait and see. There's still plenty of time for BYU to go out on the recruiting trail and land signatures from guys. The early signing period does not start until mid-December. So you've still got a good six months maybe a little less than six months, to get your work done on the recruiting trail. But BYU needs to see an uptick in this circumstance. But it's good to see BYU, the the theory is that BYU, no matter where the recruiting class has fallen in recent years, they have done more with less talent. I've talked about this on the podcast in the past. I've talked about the fact that BYU bets on themselves in so many ways when it comes to the development program. Kalani Sitake has implemented that from day one. He's had other uh, coaches that have come and gone in this system, strength coaches and all that that type of stuff who have come in and tried to help him build that vision. But you, can, you can't you can tell me that they have not gone out and brought in two- and three-star talents but got four- and five-star production from guys like that. Think of a guy like Tyler Algier. He's the poster child for what BYU is attempting to do in many circumstances. He came in as a two-star athlete, as a preferred walk-on to the BYU football program. We talked yesterday how he's BYU's leading tackler in that win over Boise State in 2019. And in the following two years, becomes this absolutely sensational running back for BYU, maybe one of the top five running backs in BYU football history. Your your, uh, opinion may vary on where he ultimately ranks in the pantheon of great BYU running backs, but he's top five for me at absolute worst. And absolutely incredible story to find him out of Fontana, California, bring him in and have him develop the way that he did. You can't tell me that's not a four-star production from a two-star athlete. Is every one of those two- and three-star guys going to produce at that level? No. That's that's the thing that I'm talking about here, that BYU needs to find more high High-level three-stars, four-stars, and heaven forbid once in a while pull off a five-star commit to come into your football program. That is obviously going to be a boon to your chances in the Big 12 Conference to be a competitive program, if not a championship contending program in that conference. The dream for BYU is to compete for national titles. We all know this. That's what BYU wanted to get to the Power 5 5 level for, to have that door open to them once again. Are they going to be able to bust it down and ultimately realize their dream of winning another national title at some point? Only time will tell, and I have my doubts that it will happen in the relatively near future, but the best you, thing you can do if you're BYU is continue to bring in, yeah, maybe some of those lower-tier athletes that are, are BYU guys, but you see it, something in them, a diamond-type uh, potential in the roughness that is some of these two- and three-star talents. You bring them in, you buff that uh, diamond up, and you put them out on the football field, and everybody's like, how did we miss on this guy? You got You can't tell me that other programs weren't looking at Tyler Algiers. So he was ripping it up for BYU, saying, how in the world did we miss on a dude like that who ran for a gazillion yards in, in high school and everybody passed on him and BYU got him as a preferred walk-on? It, just it, the, BYU needs to continue to do that. Obviously, produce talented players via, the, via their development program, but use this newfound ability as a Power 5 program to go into doors, knock on doors, visit, get into living rooms with athletes who may otherwise have just said, you know what, that's cute BYU, but thanks, but no thanks. It's a whole new world for BYU to recruit in. They're obviously trying to extend their... uh, recruiting profile across the country. Get into the Midwest, get into Texas, get into Florida, and build those new recruiting bases that they can pull talent from. And the hope is, as they continue to go out there and show well on the football field, that's a big part of this by the way, you've got to go out there and win on the football field. And if you pull it off, Obviously, people are going to be interested in what you have to sell if you're BYU, but you also at the same time, run the risk. If you have losing seasons, all of a sudden your message may fall a little bit flat for BYU. So uh, it was good to see BYU in the top 10 and the top-rated Power 5 program in terms of getting uh, more out of their recruiting classes over the last four years than anybody else. But the thought is, can BYU continue to develop that type of talent, obviously doing more with less, but maybe upgrade the overall base that they're working Working from that—that's the dream right there. Getting more high-level three stars, four-star talents. And like I said, maybe every once in a while a five-star talent into the program, and that will continue to improve the overall depth and quality of this roster, and thereby make BYU a much better opponent and a much more uh, ready-made, capable, contending Big Twelve squad in, down the road. That's the dream for BYU, but it's good to see them doing good things right now. Now, just sprinkle a little more talent into that program and see what the results ultimately might be for BYU. We might all be absolutely floored at what they're capable of if they can bring in higher level talent over the next two, three, four, and five years and beyond that and see what happens. All right, coming up here in just a minute, we're going to talk a little bit about BYU Women's Volleyball. This is a program that doesn't need to have an influx of talent to compete. They got a lot of good news coming their way when it comes uh, to the Big 12 and where they are rated to go this season, their first in the Big 12 conference, and then coming up in a little bit later on talk about a big win for BYU! As Our look back at all 155 games in BYU football history rolls on with an absolute curb stomping of Utah State. Now, first a word on our friends over at Bird Dogs. They've been working on this for a few months now, and I promised you guys uh, I would get you a picture. I'll see what I can do. I'm headed uh, today, uh, depending on when you're listening to this, I will be either in the air or already be in Dallas, Texas, headed to Arlington, Texas for Big 12 Media Days tomorrow. Cannot wait to do that, but that's beside the point. The best part about Bird Dogs is I'm going to take some of them with me on this trip. It's going to be absolutely absolutely blazing hot in Texas, uh, north of 100 degrees. The best part is about bird dogs, they make you look good. The best part also about that is they help you breathe and they stretch with you. That's what I love about this. They have bird dog stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. Trust me, we all want to look sculpted. Uh, No matter how uh, flabby we may be, we all want to look sculpted, and that's what bird dogs can help you guys out. They can do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but they fit way better, and the best part is they flex way better than regular shorts that are made of stiff, restricting cotton. They do that by fixing the issue with an invented uh, cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki but stretches so you can fit uh, get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice all that movement. And the best part is they also use anti stink sweat wicking fabric that helps you keep you cool and dry all day long. That's what I'm going to need down in the humid climes of Dallas, Texas. So the best part about this, my friends, is go to birddogscom college and enter the promo code lockedoncollege for a free Yeti style tumbler that's got a yet- It's got. Uh, bird dogs emblazoned on it that comes free with your order once again that's birddogs.com slash locked on college use that promo code locked on college for a free yeti style tumbler. i can promise you this my friends you won't want to take your bird dogs off we promise you it's kubota orange day shop the year's best selection of kubota tractors zero turn mowers and utility vehicles including the number one selling compact tractor in the usa and now through june 30 get zero percent apr for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen today. Thank you for being Everydayers with us here on the podcast. Coming up tomorrow, uh, I'm not 100% certain uh, where this is going to go, but I'm just going to kind of reminisce on uh, BYU getting to this point. It's talking season, as they say. Uh, Big 12 media days. I'll probably be doing this from my hotel room uh, down in Arlington and uh, give you some of my thoughts on the eve, or I guess the kickoff, of Big 12 media days. It'll come to you guys on Wednesday. Obviously, uh, we'll have media availability beginning at 9 a.m. I see it's 10 a.m. Central, it's so 9 a.m. Mountain Time, 11 a.m. Eastern. You guys get the whole gist, but Looking forward to it. I'm just going to kind of, I think, riff a little bit on what I think uh, of BYU getting to this point and where I think the conversations may go for BYU. So stay tuned for that on tomorrow's podcast. And who knows, uh, maybe uh, some other news pops up. Another uh, preseason poll pops up. A story that we just talked about when it comes to recruiting rankings for BYU pops up. We'll have it covered for you. You guys know how we do here on the podcast. We got you covered on everything when it comes to BYU. All right, a couple of quick notes. And uh, like I did yesterday, I don't talk a lot about the uh, so-called Olympic sports, but it's July, there's not a lot going on. But when you see a program like BYU Women's Volleyball, it's been an absolute powerhouse in the West Coast Conference. When they to jump up, obviously, to the Big 12, you're wondering, okay, where is BYU ultimately going to slot in in the pantheon here in the Big 12 Conference? Now, this is a conference that does feature the defending national champion Texas Longhorns. Now, the Longhorns, as you might expect, are the number one team in the preseason poll. They uh, garnered 144 votes, 12 of the first-place votes, Votes And I believe the uh, coaches cannot vote for their own team. So, where does BYU check in? Well, look at number two. Right there at number two on the list, BYU checks in with 125 votes just outdoing Baylor. And BYU garners the only other first place votes among the 13 teams that make up the Big 12 women's volleyball circuit. This is a huge huge vote of confidence and a belief that BYU women's volleyball is absolutely a powerhouse. The West Coast Conference at times could be looked at as okay, a little bit of a crackerjack. You're not uh, competing at the highest level. Some of the uh, programs in that conference don't give you a true test on a game-in and game-out basis or in this case for women's volleyball, a match-in and match-out basis. But the Big 12 believes that BYU is capable of being a top-ranked program this season. That's the good news for BYU. You're going to probably see Texas pick number one in the preseason polls to the repeatest national champions. That's not that surprising. That's why they garnered 12 of the 13 first place votes. But BYU being ranked number 2 in the conference here means that BYU's probably top 20, the very worst, are they are they top 15, top 10 caliber? We're all about to find out. But it's obviously a lofty Lofty position for BYU to be honored with. Heather Olmsted, obviously the head coach for BYU, I'm sure is looking at this and saying, man, you guys couldn't give us a little bit of a break because BYU finished last year 22-7, and 15-3 and last year, and obviously made it to the second round of the NCAA tournament. But they love nothing more than to make a deep run this year in the Big 12, obviously live up to that preseason billing and then go out there in the NCAA tournament and show what they're capable of. I believe, this is just my personal thought, is that BYU will be even better this year in women's volleyball simply due to the fact that the caliber of talent around them, I'm looking at Baylor, I'm looking at TCU, Kansas got 105 votes, TCU got 106 votes. Those make up the top five here in the poll. They are considered to be the elite uh Cut uh, for the Big 12. That's five elite programs. Then Houston and Iowa State are right there, six, seven, just a little ways behind. There's going to be very, very high-level volleyball for BYU to play. Pretty much every match they play in Big 12 action. And that should make them even better than they already were in the West Coast Conference. And I'm not trying to denigrate the West Coast Conference by any means. Think of what San Diego was. Think of what some of the other programs. Gonzaga, uh, for most of their run in the WCC, BYU is getting absolutely uh, incredible matches from some of these opponents but I think just the the overall strength and the depth in theory from the Big 12 conference should make BYU that much better of, of a program. Could they sink obviously? Could they could they buy into the hype and obviously uh, fade a little bit this year, and maybe realize maybe the step up was a little too much for us? Yes, that that's very much a possibility that could happen for BYU this year. But this is a huge Huge, uh, just kind of badge of respect being placed upon you by your new conference compatriots in the Big 12 Conference or for BYU women's volleyball. So, very excited to see how they do. And obviously, them being picked number two in, in the Big 12 Conference, they believe that they are an NCAA tournament caliber squad, a continuing a streak that would uh, continue a long streak of making the NCAA tournament. But if you're number two in the Big 12, in theory, you should be making a much deeper run than just the second round of the NCAA tournament. Uh, this would uh, be I mean, this fall. I guess it usually takes place in October. So. I know it's actually later than that. Is it November? Uh, Something like that. But nonetheless. Huge, huge respect coming to BYU Women's Volleyball, and congratulations to Coach Olmstead and the rest of her squad as they look ahead now uh, to the Big 12 uh, this fall. All right, uh, we'll finish up today's show here in just a moment. I need to talk about BYU and Utah State. Now, this was a crazy game, if you remember, back in 2019. Uh, Two quarterbacks had to play for BYU, both of them equally dominant, as BYU just absolutely steamrolled Utah State up there at Maverick Stadium. We'll talk about all that as we continue on right here on Locked on Cougars. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars, your first listener today. If you have not done so already, just another uh, weekly plug for you guys. If you if you are interested in winning a signed Jaren Hall football, I'm actually going to pull it out right now and show it to you guys if you're watching this on YouTube. If I can get the uh, glare of my uh, backlight there, you can see it's got Jaren Hall's signature on it. Uh, that is the grand prize. And the way to enter to win that, as long as it will also give some other BYU swag away to some runners up, as it were. Uh, the way to enter to win that is you guys need to email us lockedonbyu at gmail.com is the email address and what you need included in it is your name uh, your information and also just a screenshot of where you're subscribed to the show preferably on YouTube Uh, obviously I want to build the audience out of here on YouTube I've got an unabashed goal of getting to 5,000 subscribers on YouTube by the time the season kicks off now we're sitting in the 3,300 range I think we're coming up on 3,400 so we're building pretty quickly but I still have a ways to go so even if you're listening to this on a regular podcast feed Apple Podcasts Stitcher Spotify Google Podcasts and Litany of other podcast providers out there if you don't mind hop on YouTube all of us use it at some point or another go to Lockdown Cougars all I got is hit that subscribe button and I'd appreciate you guys doing that even if you intend to continue to listen in the regular podcast form uh, but if you guys send us an email uh, just indicating that you are subscribed to the show and you're interested in winning I uh, will put you in the hopper we've got hundreds of you who have already entered love nothing more than to add to that and obviously help us build this audience right here on YouTube as well as wherever you get your podcast. so thank you and advance for doing just that. All right. Quick look back now at BYU in 2019 once again as they headed to Utah State. Uh, BYU came off an absolutely thrilling when we talked about. it. Number 14, Boise State in the rain, Baylor Romney delivered. Uh, one thing I felt to note by the way in that and Baylor Romney's first start for BYU in that game against Boise State. Blake Freeland who is now with the Indianapolis Colts also made his first career start as a true freshman for BYU albeit at right tackle and he held his own in that respect as an 18-year-old freshman. Uh, very, very very nice game for him, and uh, kind of was a, like a hint to the future—like this dude can ball. And obviously, we all know that now as he's a fourth-round selection of the Colts and now playing in the NFL. But uh, BYU came off that win, feeling a little bit better about themselves. Still three and four on the season as they headed to uh, Logan to take on Utah State in the battle for the old wagon wheel. Aggies coming into this game were inverse of BYU at four and three on the year. Had Jordan Love at quarterback and feeling pretty good about themselves and the chances maybe to uh, take down BYU and uh, get that wagon. Will but Jaron Hall was not about to have that. He returned from that concussion and was absolutely lights out in this game. Twelve of sixteen passing, two hundred fourteen yards, running for two touchdowns in the game as well. And then many of you might recall, just before halftime, he gets that he had that second uh, rushing touchdown, and all of a sudden you see him on the sideline being checked out by doctors. And I was I was watching this on TV. I was not up in Logan uh, covering this game, but I was doing pre and post game coverage and I'm watching it from afar. I'm like. What is going on with Jaron Hall? All of a sudden, the report comes that he has concussion-like symptoms. And trust me, immediately, I'm pulling out my DVR, and I'm rewinding, watching the plays at the last drive and saying, where did he hit his head? What happened here? But there are these, uh, there are situations that they have found with concussion research that you can have just a recurrence of concussion uh, symptoms with the simplest of hits. And I'm not 100% certain when he ultimately took that hit. There was some thought that on that touchdown run he took a, a decent shot, but it didn't seem like that much, but it was enough to really give him concussion-like symptoms that came back. So BYU does not hesitate to take him out of the game, say, you know what, you're going back into the concussion protocol. And Baylor Romney said, okay, I got mine now. Came in, uh, ended up passing for 191 yards and added two more touchdowns passing for BYU as they went on to beat Utah State 42 to 14. Just an absolute clobber, rocket. Uh, what I'm, I'm using all kinds of awful analogies. Just an absolute beatdown of the Utah State Aggies in this game. Jordan Love did not have his finest game in an Aggie uniform, 29-49, 394 yards. One touchdown, but three interceptions in this game as BYU went on to win big time in this one. Got BYU back to 500, and really at that point, I remember thinking, okay, this is no longer 2017. This is a BYU squad that's got some grit. It's got some tenacity. They've played with three different quarterbacks, and they're still 4-4 four and four on the year. They are going to get to bowl eligibility, and we'll see what happens after that. And Obviously, they were still away, Zach Wilson to return to the lineup. But the nice part was for BYU is they just absolutely... Destroyed Utah State. The best part about Bo Tanner. I I I forgot to mention this as well. Uh, Bo Tanner ended up having a interception return that went for seventy three yards. Did not score a touchdown. Crazily enough, after the end of that, but all the same, a huge win for BYU and one that they would savor for quite some time, as they always do when it comes to beating Utah State and sending the Aggies home, uh, crying if as it were. But uh, nonetheless, a big win for BYU and the good times continue to roll. And BYU is getting closer and closer to having. Zach Wilson back in the lineup, and we'll continue to break that down on tomorrow's edition of the podcast. So There you go. You guys are up to speed on this Tuesday with everything I've got for you guys. Uh, by the way, I always solicit your guys' feedback. Anything you guys got for us, if you have a story or something you think would be fun for me to talk, to talk about, hey. I'm not above that. So thank you uh, for your support of the podcast, as always. And a big thank you for checking us out. Even if you're checking us out for the very first time, please subscribe, rate, review the show, enable notifications uh, on YouTube. Do all that stuff that helps us build this audience. Once again, enter to win that signed Jaron Hall football. And obviously, we'll pick that winner as we get a little bit closer to training camp. Just 50 uh, 53 days away uh, from today, but nonetheless, uh, on my way to Dallas. We'll have coverage for you guys from Arlington tomorrow. Get ready for it; it's going to be a busy few days ahead on the podcast. But nonetheless, cannot be, uh, could not be more excited to be a part of it. And a big thank you to all of you guys once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen today. Now go make your second listen. Our friends over at the Locked On Sports Today podcast, and then once again, thank you for being everydayers with us right here on the Locked On Cougars podcast. See ya.